A one, a two, a one, two, three, four. Everybody. Welcome to another episode of Fantasy Brews, the football podcast that wants to help out the everyday fantasy player. I'm Kyle Ganyu here as always with Mike Heinish. Hello. We record on Mondays, so the Steelers football team game is on right now. The 49ers Bills play later tonight and the Ravens Cowboys are going to play tomorrow for your reference. So we don't know what's happened yet. Let's jump into this beer. I've picked up from odd side... Dank Juice. I bought it because of the name. It's an IPA. Double Dry Hopped IPA. The original Dank Juice. It's got kind of a citrusy note. A respectable ABV. A very intense IPA. It is a double... It is what it says it is. I went to the store. I'm kind of nursing a hangover, so I went to the store with, like, something light and easy in mind, and I came back with this. (laughs) This was not it. It was not. But we have Coors, as always. It's... Not my favorite. I don't. I don't mind it. It's definitely a hoppier beer. I don't know if I'll have a second one. Seems we'll like see. it's trying to do too much. Sure, I, that's a that's an apt description. It's trying to do too much. Just be yourself. Let that be less than everyone out there. Don't try to be something you're not. If you're <laughs> if you're not a double dry hopped Citra IPA, don't be one. <laughs> Here's Mike with the Justin Tucker update. Yeah, so your Justin Tucker update. The Ravens played the Cowboys on Tuesday night, and Justin Tucker made all four of his extra point attempts. He actually missed a field goal. He made two of three field goals. So that totals up to 10 points, bringing his season total to 98. And we're now needing about 10, actually a little more, over each game the course of the rest of the season. So keep it up, Tuck. Rundown. Pretty simple episode for you all today. We want to watch the game, so we're going to run through this shit. We have our fact stats to start. A quick recap of week 13. Then some news updates that could affect your lineups. Uh, playoffs coming up. Yep. Keep that in mind. <laughs> <laughs> After that, we'll do um, a little bit, uh, go over some of the teams. Last week, we talked about who we like. This team, we're going to talk about who we don't like. That's right. Just personally. Not like fantasy-wise. Just like personally. Like, we don't like them. Mm-hmm. We can give you our highs and lows for week 14 and our prop lock of the week. And then round everything off with some playoff tips. For those of you who made the playoffs, and also for those who just need to win one game to get out of the loser's bracket. And then, of course, <laughs> Bruce Close. All right, fact, stat. And there you have the facts of life. The facts of life. So we've talked a lot of shit about Madden, as you know, on the podcast. I think we're both in the boat of the game's kind of, this newest one's kind of rough. But uh, we're going to keep playing it, obviously. I, I owe a week four matchup still. I did not play today. Don't be mad, but... I did nine touchdowns with Jalen Hurts the other day. <laughs> He's looking good in real life, too. So I was curious if we were more biased or whatever. So I went to IGN.com, and I looked up the ratings from IGN.com for Madden's leading up to and including Madden 21. So I went uh, just as far back as Madden 12. So starting with Madden 12 and then coming up to Madden 21, the ratings on the game out of 10 are 8, 9, 7.6 was that uh, like 25th anniversary one. Then 8.7, 8.8, 8.6, 8.6, 8.9 with Madden 19, 8.1 with Madden 20, and Madden 21 comes in at 6. 
So it is not just us. Madden has been so consistently like a well-rated game until Madden 21. So fuck your stupid game. I'm going to keep playing it. I'm going to keep throwing balls at receivers that don't leave the ground and all that dumb stuff. But we're only going to purchase one copy a year. I I bought two this year. Because I bought the PC version for Brian. (laughs) Make it cross-platform. Never mind. (laughs) Mike will still buy multiple copies if he hates it. Oh, man. I barely played that, too. I could bet for They know what they're doing. They know people are still going to buy it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And and they're not going to stop. And it's... It just... Clearly, they went pretty far backwards. All right. I got three... Short ones. David Moore from the Seahawks set an NFL record in Week 12 for fewest receiving yards in a game with a receiving touchdown. <laughs> that was his three catch, negative six yards, and one touchdown stat line. <laughs> that was hilarious to see. To see that, that, I'm not surprised that's a record at all, <laughs> but it's just exciting. It's funny. Good for you. He had positive fantasy points. I was going to say, do you know? Do you have the breakdown of the three catches he got? Uh, curiosity or no? No. Yeah, well, one of them was a positive touchdown. <laughs> we know that much. My second one, there have only been four coaches named Matt <laughs> in <laughs> NFL history, and they all coached at the same time. Matt Nagy, oh. Matt Rule, Matt LaFleur, and Matt Patricia, okay. RIP. The one, only one that came to mind for me was Patricia, for whatever reason. Not even LaFleur? Yeah, not even LaFleur. The one that doesn't I have a job anymore? Stafford. But those are the only Matts ever to be That's head coaches. Do Matt LaFleur? Do what you will with that. He one. looks like Ryan Reynolds. Look it up. And the last one is just something I found interesting and kind of like, it's it not. It's a nice thing. The Broncos, they're sending Kendall Hinton's wristband that he wore as quote-unquote QB versus <laughs> the Saints to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Why? <laughs> um, because it was. Just, I I assume there's gonna be just like a COVID section. Like this oh, sure. year, this year was nuts. Yeah. Like there was the year they had the backup refs. Yeah. There was the holdout year, and then this is the <laughs> COVID year. I it's got to have its own area in the in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. That makes sense, and that situation is is obviously so unique. Like like having your have, it would been better to have Julian Edelman in there. <laughs> Edelman's got a good. QB rating. Yeah. I think he's completed more career passes than Hinton did in that game. <laughs> Has he completed more than one pass? Yes. <laughs> I didn't use this for Bruce Clues because I thought it was too soon and, and too obvious. And I might have used him already, but Jarvis Landry, great career QBR. It's a good passer. <laughs> Week 13 recap. We watched the games yesterday, so you don't have to. Or you probably did, hopefully. <laughs> I don't know. The Jets suck. Hard. <laughs> I had it hard this time because they really blew it. <laughs> they were so close. Carr throws a 46-yard bomb to Ruggs with 13 seconds left to win the game. And that, I was Ruggs is finally doing exactly what he was drafted for. It's right. just run and as fast <laughs> as you can and as far as you can and catch it. And they did it. <laughs> Jets go to 0-12 and, and the Raiders stay hopeful for playoffs. Did you hear the Jets fired somebody? Yeah, the defensive coordinator. <laughs> Not Adam Gase. <laughs> <sighs> Almost. Almost. <laughs> next step. Next step. <laughs> They're like, you know what's the problem? The defensive coordinator. Like, now we've got it figured out. <laughs> <laughs> obviously, that's been the problem the whole time. Well, Sam Darnold threw his first passing touchdown since week three, so it's obviously not the offense. He's been out. <laughs> yeah. It's, <laughs> it's good to see Carr back getting good again. 30, 381, three touchdowns and a pick. Waller, 200 yards of that and two touchdowns. Career high. And uh, not to undersell, Carr ran a touchdown in, I believe, as well. And it's also worth noting that Ty Johnson had 104 yards and a touchdown. I did not know he was on that team until today. 
He was, well, Frank Gore went out with a concussion. Yeah, second play of the game. And he was supposed to be getting the bulk of it, so that happened. Their judge were like, oh, what do we do? Turned out it, they should just not use Frank Gore, apparently. Oh, who would have thought? Use the young guys <laughs> with the energy. Could you imagine if Frank Gore hadn't like seen that game? And then if I feel like if Frank Gore, they would have lost by more of, with <laughs> Frank Gore. He would have rumbled to a few less yards, probably, than Ty Johnson. He gets tired after five yards, I can assume. Mm. <laughs> I can't. Could you see him busting off a run further than 10 yards? I don't believe I could. And he's 37, 36, 37. Just rounded up to 50. Might as well. The Giants beat the Seahawks in a, <laughs> we'll call the weirdest game of the week. Wilson now out of MVP contention. I think that alone, that loss. Yeah, <laughs> and like, the stat line not being good. A bad game you know, or two doesn't hurt you, but he's had a number of games where he's kind of not been the reason necessarily, but definitely not lived up at all to what he should have been doing. And so, and the Giants still have the divisional lead, so <laughs> they are the tributes to go out in the first round of playoffs for that division. Good for you, I guess. That is how that works. Someone's got to <laughs> win them. <laughs> Which team from that division is going to lose in the wild card? Well, round? we know the Seahawks aren't a, aren't a Super Bowl team anymore. I didn't think they were because their defense, and now just some more. So it wasn't even their defense that lost in this game. Right. But the Rams, speaking of the Seahawks blown it, the Rams took the divisional lead after they beat the Cardinals 38-28. And I we I think we were both doubtful from the Rams at the beginning of the season because of who they were playing, the NFC East. Yeah. Um, but now I think they actually have a decent shot. That, the 49ers made it a lot easier by just being decimated. Well, that whole division doesn't seem as strong as they did at the beginning of the season. We said even beforehand that that whole division could make playoffs. We did. Cardinals are just on a downward spiral. Six and six, a three-game three, three losing three game losing streak. Seahawks now looking as strong. Niners are dead. And, <laughs> I mean, the Rams' that division is not nearly as amazing as we thought it were it was in, like, week Five or six. Week five or six, that division's awesome. Yeah. And then fast forward to week 13. What? The Cardinals are sitting at six and six. Yeah, the 49ers are only half game behind at five and six. Yeah. But Seahawks and Rams both eight and four right now. We'll see how that game goes tonight that we haven't watched yet. I can't believe the Giants are five and seven. That's crazy. Because they beat the Seahawks. The Patriots whoop on the Chargers 45 to zero. Oh my God. Uh, Stidham's first career touchdown pass. <laughs> Good for you, Jarrett. You did it. You're not the future, but you you played in this game. <laughs> Cam Newton, 69 yards. Yeah. Oh, but he had two, two rushing fantasy points, though. Didn't he have uh, <laughs> two, rushing two rushing and a passing? Yeah, he did score through the air as well. Uh, and the Chargers are officially out of the playoffs. Maybe next year. Probably not. Well, actually, yeah. Actually, next year, I would def- I could see them as a playoff team just because Herbert will be a little more established. Eckler will be there hopefully the whole season. They have and then, locked up. Yeah, and they, they take one or two more defensive pieces, maybe a lineman. I think they could be a good team. I thought they were supposed to have a pretty decent defense. Like, clearly it's not anything special, but I, I don't think it's as good as I kind of Is Derwin James out? I That sounds familiar. I, I want to say yes. I think that was a huge piece. Yeah. They had a, what, they have, they have a Bosa brother. Last year they had, who's that, cornerback or, or safety that was lighting up that used to play for the Packers? No. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Jordan James is on IR. Yeah. That was a huge part then. And then the Chiefs and Saints clinch... The Chiefs and... Wow, this is hard to say. I'm penis. Chiefs and Saints clinch playoffs. Chiefs and Saints clinch playoffs. It's still hard to say. You say it. Chiefs and Saints clinch playoff berths. 
It's still hard to say. <laughs> it's not the easiest thing to say. <laughs> um, Chiefs beating Denver, Saints beating the Falcons. Nothing to say about those games except for they clinched playoffs. Yeah, those games, meh. They that what was supposed to happen happened. The Chiefs should not have. It should not have been as close as it was though. Yeah, and just recording on Thursday morning, some additional notes from the games that were played after this recording, uh, which was originally done on Monday. So we had three different games to be played, two on Monday night and one on Tuesday night. Washington football team defeats the undefeated, or I guess previously undefeated, Steelers 23-17. to Of course, we had to go and shoot our mouths off about how we had an injury-free weekend, um, I I almost think that Antonio Gibson probably got hurt, like, literally as we were saying that as we were recording during the game. So I guess our bad, Antonio Gibson. So it's a turf toe injury, I believe. Uh, this is not good. He is likely to week, miss week 14. We don't know for sure yet, but that's a real possibility. So you might not have Antonio Gibson in the first round of your fantasy playoffs. Even with week 15 is, is I think, up in the air as well. It, it's one of those situations where... If he does play, especially if he plays this this coming week, week fourteen, you really got to be careful. Those toe injuries are 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 legit. So even if he's on the field, I'd be very very wary of playing him. And that's got to. I don't have Gibson anywhere, so I'm very fortunate in that regard. But you, I don't know. I mean, I I would definitely want to know what the other options on my uh, on my team are. I would even consider looking at waivers if there's a nice nice pickup. But it's not good. The Monday night night game. The Bills beat the 49ers 34-24. to Fucking Josh Allen, man. He was so good. I, I needed like 42 points out of him in Kyle's league to, to make the playoffs. And I, I'm like, oh, I, I'm not going to get this. Who cares? Like, I can just enjoy the game. And then Josh Allen has to go and have like one of, if not the best games of his career. 375 passing yards and four passing touchdowns. And Kyle's league is a six point per passing touchdown league as well. Unfortunately, it didn't quite make the cut. I think he got like 34 or something like that. But I love Josh Allen. That's that's awesome. And on Tuesday night, the Ravens beat the Cowboys. No shocker there. Let's go on to the lack of news updates. <laughs> Nothing really happened. <laughs> no one got hurt. Huzzah. This is like the first week that like nobody got hurt. It was really nice to see. Besides like being out for the game, or we we haven't seen anything major yet. No one talking about that already wasn't like doubtful, doubtful as far as Daniel Jones might come back next week. Who cares? Josh Jacobs, it sounds like he's on the fence now. Like, Josh Jacobs, yeah. Yeah. And then Jalen, the only thing I noted, Jalen Hurts may start next week. The Eagles yeah. are saying it's up in the air. 109 uh, Tutty and a pick when replaced once against the Packers, which is a tough D to come in at. Um, and you were unprepared, right? You like he didn't, you know, take starter reps all week at practice or something. Yeah, and they they have New Orleans this next week, so Hurts and Wentz, neither of them are a start, and I'd be weary of their receivers as well. So that I may, I don't feel confident starting anyone on the Eagles next week against New Orleans. Yeah, I don't think there's a single like. No, even I, I wouldn't. I would not start their defense. I would not start a single offensive player. It's just the the Saints matchup, and like if if Wentz, people like to start Wentz because he runs the ball a little bit, but he's been so bad this year, and now you have to like if yeah. he actually starting, he might not be starting in the second half. Like you can't play any of these guys. But if sitting here on Monday night, those are the news updates we have. I I can't believe there's no injuries this week. It's amazing. It like, was going right into playoffs. That was perfect timing to not have injuries. That's right. So yeah, last week we talked about. 
the players and teams that we've kind of been following more that we've like individually and just kind of been getting on their bandwagons. Now let's talk about the ones that we dislike because there are teams that I almost always cheer against, mm-hmm. like almost always, and I just don't really want to see them do well. And I'm sure this is the same for a lot of people. And there's usually like one or two specific reasons why. Like you can cut, cut like trace it back to a game that you watched as a right. kid, and you just like got so pissed at this team. So I wrote down a f- uh, half the league <laughs> that, <laughs> that I don't like. I only have a few. Well, I started with teams, then we can talk about individual players. Sure. But let's see who we can match on. We can match on Seahawks. Yeah, that was easily. We the don't like one Seahawks. I hate. I, Yours I is because the teams, of the the, the, the Packers matches the up, fail matchups. Yeah, that uh, Pete Carroll's on my list too. Piece of shit. Mine, I just I I just don't really like. I've never gotten behind Russell Wilson, hmm. and I think he and that Pete Carroll. I don't I go. I don't care about him, but I've never like been excited to watch the Seahawks or liked them that much. I just I just don't like him, and I could love to see him lose. Yeah. Yeah, they lost the thing. Giants, and that brings up I hate the Giants. That makes sense for you <laughs> <laughs> because they lost, the Patriots lost them twice in the Super Bowl, and they should have won <laughs> both of them. And so then started my vengeance against Eli Manning's dumbass <laughs> and the Giants as a whole. That franchise has been ruined for me for history. And yeah, that's it. Who's that one you got? I so I, I did include the Giants and the Colts. Not that I like. I I have the Colts on mine. I, it's not like I hate them. I just because don't really like to watch mine's, them. Mine's I don't like the Colts because I hate. I didn't like Peyton Manning because I was a Tom Brady guy. So I was always going against Peyton. I've rooting against Peyton Manning, and so it just stuck with it. Like it ruined that ruined that franchise too. Well, now they have Philip Rivers that you hate as well. So. Yeah, right. That, that works <laughs> too. That helps. Not doing that well. Like I just yeah. I, those are the two teams I jotted down for like. Like if it was like a Colts Giants matchup, I'm like, wow, what a great way to be super bored. Outside of the Seahawks and, and those two teams, the other teams I I guess I actively dislike. I, I don't really care for the Falcons. That's I got the Falcons on yeah. my list because of Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan partially. <laughs> yeah, I, I, think, I think there's been a couple games the Falcons have... Was there that's a-, a team that could redeem themselves in my eyes, though. I, sure. I, I, could, I don't think I'm ever going to be a Colts. I'm not going to ever root for the Colts, for the Giants, or for the Seahawks. I could see the Falcons redeeming themselves if, like, in five, ten years down the road, they have a really cool team. Sure. Yeah, I could definitely see that. Like, and it's just really, it's really Matt Ryan, and then I, I think there have been a couple tough losses in the past to, to the pa- or the Packers lost them in, in playoffs or whatever. But And then I, I wrote down the Bears, but I'm not really one to, like, I don't really, like, hate teams too much outside of the Seahawks. Obviously, I cheer against, the you know, the Bears, the Vikings, and the Lions, you know, being in the division, but I, I don't, like... I don't hate the Bears. I got I got them just because everyone around here hates the Bears, yeah. and so you gotta be play along. You're gonna get the shit beat out of me if you don't cheer against them. So the other ones I wrote down, just no reason for this. Just never been a big fan of the Chiefs. Sure. Just never really cared for them. I I don't hate them. I don't care for them. I was rooting for the Niners in the Super Bowl, and I'm, yeah, that's fair for you. But I mean, I still, I don't care about the Chiefs. Don't care about the Broncos. I can kind of be traced back to Peyton Manning. I never liked Tim Tebow either. And so those kind of screwed it up for me. They're in that like tier for me of like similar to the Colts and Giants. I was just, just I, they're not fun to watch. I, I I kind of like to root for them low key because of Melvin at this point in time, but I, as the team in general. Eh. And I think I said this yesterday, but I'm just I'm officially like do not like the Saints. I think you did mention something about that. Yeah, I don't know why. I just don't really care for them. I've never cared for the Saints. Well, Sean Payton is also a piece of garbage. You know, with that headhunting bounty crap from a few years ago. Do you remember uh, that? Yeah. 
So I, it's weird. Like I, I didn't write the Saints down. I, I if I if I'm anti Falcons for like playoff contenders against mm-hmm. the Packers, then I, I should also be anti Saints. But I I actually like them for whatever reason. I I, I like the story of Breeze. Taysom Hill is you know that was novel for a little while. And, and, and my last team that's been that's been ruined over the past couple of years for me. I used to not mind them. I used to kind of think they were cool, but now I don't like them at all. The Eagles. Oh sure. I just what are they doing keeping Carson Wentz? He's not the future. You're stupid. Yeah. You're a waste of time and you're a waste of a football team. They're wasting money. That's the yeah. problem is his contract. But just over the past couple of years I really did not like the I like I liked when they had uh um McNab. Yeah, I was like I remember McNab. <laughs> Donovan McNab. Michael Vick. Um yeah, Michael Vick. I liked him a lot. Uh, now there are also players on certain teams that you just don't like, just the players individually, even if you like the team itself. Right. I wrote down a lot of people on this one, just because I was just looking at the teams, I'm like, I don't like that guy, I don't like that guy, I don't like that guy. <laughs> I don't have a whole bunch of players, but I wrote down a few, and I have a few coaches. <laughs> and I have one commissioner. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Run through your list quick. Sure. Um, at the top of the list are... Golden Tate and Pete Carroll, again, from the Fail Mary. And the reason I hate that so much, uh, Golden Tate a little less, but, like, he was the one who, quote, caught the ball, and now he's on the Seahawks. Or he was on the Seahawks, sorry. Now he's on the Giants, I guess. Pete Carroll, the reason I hate him so much outside of, like, the Fail Mary is, like, he came out after the game in the post-game press conference, and he, like, defended, like, they made the right call. And, like, that pissed me off so much, because everyone and their mother knew that call was wrong, and what you what I would have done as a coach is, you know, like... You know, we'll have to watch the tape a little more or whatever, like, you know. But the call that was made is what was made. Like, you are you got the win, congratulations. But but to sit there and say it was the right call makes you look like a huge dumbass and a huge piece of shit. And go fuck yourself, Pete Carroll. The main other person that I actively dislike, Sean Payton I talked about, is Ndamukong Suit. Because he's a piece of garbage as well. <laughs> Trying to hurt people constantly. I fucking hate him. I just remember watching him when he was on the Lions, like, literally stepping on people that were on the ground and... And it, he's had a number of He hasn't of times. done that in years. Oh, maybe he just hasn't gotten caught. I don't see it as often anymore <laughs> now that he's on the now he's on the box. He's on the Rams, I think, or something for a while. But yeah, he, he sucks too. He's a great player, but he's he's a piece of shit. Who else is on your list? I have a couple minor ones after that. I'll put I'll put the people I just really don't like. There's the people I like I don't really like you, and there's people like I fucking hate you. Right. Really don't like Cam Newton. Yep. Melvin Gordon. Uh huh. Kirk Cousins, Philip Rivers, Matt Ryan. I wrote Matt Ryan down too. And Carson Wentz. Those are my top. Like, really, just don't like those guys. Matt Ryan just fucking me in in fantasy. And then and then I just got a bunch of guys that I just really don't care for at all. Clyde Edwards Hilaire. I don't care for you. Sure. I never cared for you. Like any at any point, I never had big expectations of you. Everyone was so hyped about you. I think that's what did it. Everyone was so hyped about this guy who's done nothing. I I agree there. Like, I, I don't <laughs> dislike him or anything, but he's way over just because he went to the Chiefs. Like so, everyone's like, "Holy yeah, shit!" I know. How you feeling now, guys? I, that's why I didn't like him. I <laughs> uh, got uh, Drew Locke. Because he, he does one thing and he gloats about it and like dances like, okay, Drew Locke, you threw a touchdown pass. That's your fucking job. I should have added him to the list, too, for, for that reason. And the record have. sucks. Makes me think of Jermichael Finley, who obviously was on the Packers, <laughs> but he annoyed the shit out of me, too, for that same. Like, he dropped four balls and then he'd get one, you know, first down on a third and two and, and do his little fucking thing with his hand on his head. Sorry, I'm interrupting you. Uh, I don't like Jason Witten. You weren't a good commentator, either, so 0 for 2, bud, buddy. <laughs> get out of here. I don't like Russell Wilson. Baker Mayfield takes so much credit when he doesn't always deserve it. I'm wearing a Baker jersey. I don't like him. <laughs> OBJ. I don't know. Don't care for him. 
I want him to be good again. Kirk Cousins. I said Kirk Cousins. Uh, Mitch Trubisky, Nick Foles, <laughs> Drew Brees, Michael Thomas, Greg Olson, Jimmy Graham, Daniel Jones. <laughs> I don't like any of those guys. That's my list. <laughs> but you don't hate them, right? Like, I don't. Like, I mean, I don't hate them. Hate them. Maybe Jimmy Graham because the Packers <laughs> paid way too much for him, and like I from the get go, I. I did not on like the freeway, on the freeway here in Milwaukee, when Jimmy Graham was a free agent, they put up a billboard saying, "Hey Packers, sign Jimmy Graham." And I was like, every time I drove by, I was like, "No, it don't. was a waste of money." And then they did it because of the billboard. Rogers the only reason the tight end at all, and you could argue that this year Tanya's getting a lot of work. Well, he's like a hybrid; like yeah. he's literally listed as a receiver on a lot of fantasy platforms. Those are the guys I don't like. The only other ones I added were I don't really like hate them, kind of like you're saying. Uh, Todd Gurley, I, I don't dislike him, but he's I like, almost put him on my list, but I'm very I think I figured out I'm very indifferent about him. Like, I I if like he does good, good for him. If he does bad, oh well. Now he's just kinda like I think he's just not done, but he's not at all what he was. But I, I put him on the list because he's kinda like Melvin's rival from from the draft where he went a few picks earlier or whatever. Brandon Bostic, I wrote down I don't, I don't hate him or whatever. He's, I don't know if I assume he's not even playing anymore, but yeah, I don't really have too many other names. Like there, there are players that I, I think are are overhyped and stuff that I didn't really include on this list that that maybe I should have. Uh, you had mentioned a few of them. Clyde is definitely one for sure. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I just, I really fucking hate Pete Carroll. Let's move on then <laughs> to our highs and lows for Week 14. All right, starting at quarterback, I'm high on Senor Ryan Tannehill. Ooh, playing the Jags, and the last time they played, he had 239 yards and four touchdowns. That's pretty good. Pretty good game. I like it. <laughs> um, I've said it before, but it, it bears repeating. And just this past week showed it again against the Vikings. The Jaguars are not a team that's just gonna roll on their back and take it and just stare up at the ceiling while you go ham on them. <laughs> they're gonna. They're. They've been showing like they've been staying in all these games that they're playing. They're losing them. Yeah, sure. But they're staying in them, and they're they're you know they're thrusting back and they're moving their hips. And yes. Yeah. In the game. <laughs> They're trying to flip to be on top. I want to have sex out. with the Jaguars, okay? <laughs> Especially Just if Minshew's back. <laughs> the aura of the team. And, and the Titans' offense will need to continue to thrive because their defense it's like seems to just be getting worse. It has gone really It down. has gone down very much. So they're going to lean so much more on their offense knowing they can't just get their defense to do everything. And they have an offense to lean on. Like yeah. Obviously, Derek Henry's great. Matt Ryan – or sorry, Ryan Tannehill – I don't think he's underrated anymore. I think he was to yeah. start the year. And Corey Davis is back. Or not back, but he, he's now here after four years. So Tannehill, I don't know if he'll be available in a lot of leagues, but I mean, I'm, I think he's going to have a great week. And then I'm low on Jared Goff from the Rams playing the Patriots in week 14. And the Patriots, D, is the only thing that's keeping them in playoff contention, and that's not going to change. It's obviously not their offense that they're 6-6, six and six, I can tell you that much. Goff is very average. And unless you're an elite like quarterback, the Pat C is going to shut you down. I've looked at I looked at the past quarterbacks for this year. The only ones scoring actual fantasy points are the Mahomeses, and he didn't even get twenty. He got sure. like nineteen. So Jared Goff, if he is your starting quarterback and you're going in the playoffs, and he's first round of playoffs, he's playing the Patriots. You should look elsewhere. That's you, not going to do it for you. Who would, just in a vacuum? Forget the opponent for a second. Would you rather start Herbert or Goff? They're both playing the Jets. Let's say uh, Herbert. And Herbert had 209 yards and two picks against the Patriots this past week. So, yeah. so definitely don't start Goff. Yeah, I would I would say so. All right. Uh, my high guy, uh, I, I think I wrote down a different name and I, I kind of changed it because I, I think I started with Herbert, actually. 
who has a really juicy matchup against the Falcons, but you definitely can't get him. So I went with Philip Rivers, somebody that you could almost certainly pick up off of the waivers. He's the QB 13. I almost picked him because sure. I, I when I went into this, I was thinking, all right, it's playoffs. People, like, if the loser's bracket may just need that ultimate lineup to get them out of one game. Right. And I almost picked Rivers. I honestly almost did. But I just don't like him. Yeah. And, I, and I'm not, I don't think he's going to, like, blow up this week or something like that necessarily. But he he's actually put on a bit of a show the last few weeks. Uh, he's the QB 13 this week so far. There are six quarterbacks yet to play. So, you know, TBD. He was a QB 8 last week. He was a QB 9 the week before. And then the 13 number QB the, the week before that as well. So he's he's playing pretty well. The the matchup against the Raiders is a good matchup. And this guy um, named T.Y. Hilton has been playing this game called football the last couple weeks. So I think Hilton actually, like, getting back in the swing of things, I think he scored he scored each of the last couple weeks 110 yards this past week. So if Hilton is, like, actually back and, and playing decent like it seems like he is... I think Rivers is a is a great play in Week 14 against the Raiders. My low quarterback this week is is more of a just temporary expectations is Deshaun Watson versus the Chicago Bears. He did it all right this past week. He didn't pass amazingly well, uh, but the run game he got in the end zone on his feet, giving you that six point touchdown instead of four, which is really great. But outside of that, he didn't do as well as I'd hoped. He was my high guy this past week. So uh, I think the main reason for that is, is obviously is Will Fuller, you know, being suspended. He's losing his top receiver who has been, you know, a stud, uh, perhaps at you know, the expense of doing drugs. But uh, without... His, <laughs> the person who gave it to him said it was okay in the NFL. Sure. That guy's an ass. <laughs> yeah. That guy that... should never, ever be hired by any sports athlete ever again. Yeah. Totally. Because, <laughs> like, so I, I was listening to a different show, and, and the point that was made was, like, when... When these things happen, the player almost always appeals. And yeah. Will Fuller did not appeal, which they took as a sign of he definitely he knows it's not gonna work, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. So yeah, it's unfortunately it's not really Deshaun Watson's fault, but if you if you throw in no Fuller against a Bears defense, and I don't think this matters much, but getting David Johnson back means you can run a little more as well. Uh, you're probably in a situation where you have to start Deshaun Watson if you have him. Maybe like yes, I am. I would probably start him over <laughs> my high guy. You know, this week in Philip Rivers, maybe. But but yeah, I could start Darnold. Oh, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think Deshaun Watson's going to have a definitely a lower scoring game this week. Running backs, you've been high on him the past two weeks. I'm going to be high on him this week. David Montgomery. Absolutely. Uh, this, and this is going to be true the rest of the season. If you got David Montgomery and you're going to the playoffs, you are, you're in a good spot because he's got Houston, Minnesota, Jacksonville, and Green Bay. All defenses that are not great against the run. Yep. His last two games have been great, and he should have all the mojo to keep it going, especially since their rush at offense is actually better than their pass offense. It's weird saying either their offense is even good, so <laughs> I'm just going to say the rush offense is better. That's not saying much. So they're going to lean on him as they have the past two weeks now that he's healthy again. And it's it's working for him. He had two touchdowns last week. Two weeks ago, he was over 100 yards. Yep. So he's looking good. And I'm low on Damien Harris from the Patriots because just when you think the Patriots have a solidified run plan, they don't. It's just Bilicek. Like, uh, I, they I don't. <laughs> I didn't mention this the other week, and I don't want to take your, your thing, but the, this it was week, last week or the week before where like they were right there in the red zone and the reason they scored so much was it's like oh they're gonna give it to Cam 
And if they're not going to give it to Cam, they're going to give it to Damian Harris to run in. No, they gave it to James White to J- run. James White did nothing last week. This past <laughs> like, week. But that's what Bill Belichick does. He knows, like, okay, they're, they're expecting Cam, maybe Harris. If it's going to White, it's going to be a pass. So they fucking run it with White. Yeah. Ridiculous. And they play the Rams this week. So who's to say that Sony Michelle doesn't come out of nowhere and have a great fantasy game? Mm-hmm. You know, like that? That would be the most Patriots thing that to happen. That make- the moral, uh, the moral is uh, don't trust knowing the running backs still because you don't know which one's going to have a good week. And uh, I just for a split second this year, I thought they had an actual run plan. I have to start Harris anyways. And now their plan is what plan? Oh, I don't know. No one knows. They, they don't even know. They go with like the the least expected thing. It's crazy. But how is it always least expected if we expect it? Or like the second least expected? <laughs> we expect the least expected, so it's not the least expected, so they go with the other guy. I feel like Bill Belichick like game plans for a team like three weeks in advance. <laughs> Yo, we're going to fuck with this guy so much. <laughs> Who do we play week 17? Let's start now. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send subliminal messages to them. James White, James White, mm-hmm. James White. And that's going to be Sony Michelle! <laughs> so my... High running back. I did a weird thing. I My main high running back, I wrote David Montgomery again. I, I'm going to stop here. I'm not going to do it for the rest of the season. But the way I wrote it down was he is my my rest of season high guy. Yeah, that's what exactly that. I put the exact same thing. It's literally, yeah, ROS. <laughs> he's, yeah, like, so I don't need to talk much more. He's the RB11 on the entire year in half-point scoring. The one thing I would add to your argument is that he... He receives the ball a lot as well, which bodes well for his quarterback, too. Yeah, he loves the backup running back's a wide receiver. <laughs> it's, it's <pretty> rough. <laughs> he got uh, 10 carries though this past week. Yeah, which was not, and a touchdown. <laughs> One of, it could have been three to Montgomery. But yeah, David Montgomery, his his schedule is is the reason why. He, he lit up the Packers. He just beat the hell out of the Lions. Then he plays the Texans, the Vikings, the Jaguars. And if your shitty league plays in week 17, he plays the Packers again. So you can definitely start on the rest of the way. I did jot another one down just so I wasn't doing Dave Montgomery over and over and over. I think you can start Melvin Gordon this week in his matchup against the Panthers. It's a softer matchup for sure for running backs. Melvin had... No, he had the week this past week, which means Philip Lindsay's week next week. They, it could be. It's kind of switch. They get like the same amount of carries, <laughs> but one person just does more with them each week. It, it's they like swap who's going to have the better week. It, it is really weird how it goes. So like maybe Melvin Gordon having he had his best week of his uh, year this past week. But Philip Lindsay had the same amount of carries, I think, <laughs> or like just fifteen, damn near. fourteen. Yeah, Melvin had a hundred more yards on one more carry. But you, you're right. That it doesn't necessarily mean much. The reason I wrote Melvin down is he's coming off of his best game of the year so far, so that that bodes well. The matchup is great, so that bodes well. And with Melvin, he's been somebody that you've like you've probably sat him a few times if you have him. He might have even hit waivers because he has had an underwhelming year. So so a little bit of a confidence boost, but David Montgomery really would be my high guy of the of the week of, of the rest of the year. My low running back is Kareem Hunt against the Ravens. So three of the last four outings, Hunt has not really been great. He had 7.2 points most recently. And then going back from there, 6.2, 8.6, and four weeks ago, 14.7. Those numbers are important because that is when Nick Chubb came back. So the first game back, Cream Hunt was okay. And then it's been pretty poor after that. And those matchups were way better than this year, uh, this week against the Ravens. He did that against the Titans, the Jags, the Eagles, and the Texans. So I think Hunt, you know, a lot of times I talk about like a, a lower your expectations. I think Cream Hunt might be like a sit candidate this week. Wide receivers, I'm high on Robbie Anderson from the Panthers. They play the Broncos this week, and uh, DJ Moore just placed on COVID list today, so who knows what that could happen with that. Anyways, I think it's a pretty decently even matchup, But and Christian McCaffrey's looking like he's coming back. If he comes back, a lot of eyes are going to be on him, mm-hmm. which means less eyes on Robbie Anderson. Anderson is just having a good season and showing what happens when you get out of New York. But 
with it's not a favorable matchup for either one. I don't think it's a, it's an even one, which means he's not going to get shut down. He's may not explode, but I think he's going to have a pretty decent week still. Yeah. And then low on Devontae Parker from the Dolphins. They're playing the Chiefs. I am too. Oh. I'm not playing the Chiefs. I'm low on Devontae Parker. Uh, and, and Parker is, does not see consistent number of looks or catches each week. Like his looks just go all over the place as yeah. far as targets. Chiefs D is one of those defenses that will do okay, but they have an amazing game every now and then. And, I mean, they'll be covering Parker closely with their next best wide receiver option is Jakeem Grant. So, they'll be looking to shut down Parker. Um, They're trying to get that by from the Steelers, the Chiefs are. And I was actually looking at wide receivers, and I almost went high on a couple of these guys. Just because they were, they're sneaky plays. So, let me bring up who, they were like all as far as projections go in the generally the same Region. I can't scroll. God damn it. I hate this thing. What the heck? Fuck. I can't scroll. 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 Uh, I found some like kind of sneakier plays um, for this week and guys who aren't really getting the most projected, but... Michael Pittman mm-hmm. um, from the Colts is a good one that you can pick up in a lot of leagues. Even uh, Rashad Perriman is worth a look. Uh, Tim Patrick, for sure. We saw a lot of him yesterday. He had a good game. But there's there's a lot of these receivers that if you look at the waiver wire, there's got to be one or two of them available that you can get a sneaky pickup. We, we talk a lot about like like streaming the quarterback, streaming the def- the defense, and, and even the tight end. It like... We don't really talk about it much, but you could do that like with your third receiver as well. Like maybe your flex spot is just somebody you, you know, maybe you have a guy that you normally can play or something. But don't be afraid to just play off of the waivers in those sorts of situations, grabbing like a Pittman or, or a Pearman, something like that. I yeah. like that. Uh, all right, my well, I'll start with my low receiver. My low receiver was the same Devontae Parker against the Chiefs. Not really much more to add. He isn't. Sounds like he's not going to be suspended after being ejected in the fourth quarter. So that's good. I, I really like Devontae Parker in general. Um, he should have been included in, in my list of players last week, honestly. A um, really cool story, just not having a, a great career to start and then blown up this year. But uh, I don't like the Kansas City matchup, and it sounds like Tua is going to be playing, in which case I'm, I'm not excited. Tua's not, he's just not there yet to, to maintain a, a high-level receiver like that. My high receiver this week, not expecting a, a huge game, but I just want to give the confidence boost. This might be for myself a little bit as well. But I'm high on T. Higgins against the Cowboys. It's a nice matchup against the Cowboys. It's really about the quarterback. Since Burrow was you know injured and out for the year, I've benched Higgins uh, in my dynasty league. But he's been okay. He's actually scored. Uh, he scored a touchdown two weeks ago with 44 targets on. Uh, sorry, 44 yards on five targets. This most recent week, he had five catches on seven targets for 56 yards, no end zone. But he's 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 clearly carved out a role for this offense. You want Burrow there, obviously that you know his his ceiling has taken a dip. But it, I think Higgins has proven that you can still start him. Maybe as like a, a, a you know mid range wide receiver three with with Brandon Allen. So so I'll probably be starting Higgins in in my dynasty league this week. I, and I I'm not really that scared. Of it. I also really don't, don't really have much of a choice, but. But I'm not really as scared as I, you know, once was a few weeks ago once Burrow initially got hurt. Tight ends. 
I'm high on Mike Gesicki against the Chiefs. Nice. Um, he saw 11 targets for nine catches last week, back-to-back weeks with a touchdown. And this is not going to be one of the games with the Dolph- where the Dolphins' defense wins it. This is going to have to be their offense. Right. And I can see Parker being smothered and Gesicki getting a lot of the quick dump-offs. If Tua, as a rookie, is going to be looking for his best guy, but he's going to need a dump-off a lot when he sees that he's not open. True. And it doesn't take a lot to be a top tight end anymore. Yeah, he's got a good as good a chance at the end zone as anyone else. I'm low on Robert Tanyan from the Packers, who's playing the Lions. Oh, no. He had 25 yards and a touchdown last time they played, but that was only off two catches. The Packers getting Lazard back is obviously going to take some targets from others. And plus, Mercedes Lewis and Sternberger are getting a little bit of work in as well, though minimal. But uh, I just see Tanyan, it's starting to get crowded with mediocrity. Yeah. Where if Adams isn't open... Who's the next best average guy you're going to throw it to? There's Adams on a hierarchy. He's on the freaking top of the totem pole. And then everyone else is like the middle of the totem pole. Right. And in between is just all the touchdowns Adam scores. Right, right. Adam's, <laughs> Adam's part of the totem pole. It's like half the pole. Yes. <laughs> um, so I'm just – I I don't see Tanya doing too much in this game. The Lions are not a good defense, but they've actually been pretty good against tight ends. Yeah. All right, my high tight end this week is Mark Andrews. Uh, we've talked about it enough this year, but I have to mention it again. It's all about touchdowns. Oh, I should say it this way. It's all about the TDs for the TEs this year. Andrews, I think, has a higher chance just just on average in general than most other tight ends at, at scoring a touchdown with Lamar Jackson. I almost wrote down that he's Lamar Jackson's favorite target. That is probably not true with Marquise Brown, but but he's definitely up there. The matchup against the Browns is actually a pretty good matchup, even if it doesn't look like it on the surface with tight ends specifically. And the, uh, sorry, rather, the Browns have been the second most favorable matchup against tight ends on the entire year, and they've been the best matchup against tight ends the past three weeks. They're also actually playing solid football. Uh, the Browns let a tight end recover a fumble in the end zone this past week. So, yeah. Perfect. <laughs> that guy caught a touchdown, too. <laughs> so, uh, but it wasn't fucking, what's his name? Uh, John is was my high guy last week. Yeah. <laughs> but he yeah, was before the news. So, yeah, I, I think Mark Andrews has a higher chance of getting the end zone. I think this matchup could actually be, it's a divisional matchup, but I think it could be relatively high scoring. I, I don't know what to think of the Browns still. Like, at first I was on board. Then I was like, I think their record is better than than the team is. And now I think I'm kind of back to, I think they might actually be kind of decent. So I, I think the matchup could be good. I, I like Mark Andrews' chances at getting in the end zone. And I feel like your floor is like at least he's still got like three catches for 40 yards or something like that. My low tight end this week is Evan Ingram against the Arizona Cardinals. They've been a really tough matchup against fantasy tight ends on the year as a whole. They've only allowed a top 12 like tight end performance twice on the entire year. This is partially because Evan Ingram had a huge game a couple weeks ago, but it was against the Bengals. What he did this past week, only 5.2 points against the Seahawks. That's much closer to what his you know reality is. We don't even know if Daniel Jones is starting for sure yet or not. And if he is starting, does that like I think that really it's not like that's a huge boost. So so I'm gonna be low on Evan Ingram against the Cardinals. Defenses. I am high on the Seattle Seahawks versus the New York Jets. Same. I have been holding on to Seahawks defense all year because of these final matchups they have coming up. And they've actually, even before I expected to, they started to pick it up. They got 11 fantasy points the past two weeks. Yeah. And, I mean, they very well may be available in your league because of how they started the season off. Because I, the only reason I held on to them was because of week 13 going forward. Right. And it's paid off. I've started them most of the weeks anyways, and it's paid off. So, 
I mean, and they're playing the Jets. So this is I put them as a high, not just because they're playing the Jets, which is the obvious, but because they could be available. Yeah, I like that a lot. And what I what I would add is like I, I definitely agree. If you playing the Jets, is a great thing. I, I I included them as well because I think it's something you could actually pick up off of waivers unless you're in Kyle's league who's who's been stashing them. And then the other thing that's really nice here as well is the Seahawks. They were on a tear to start the season. 38 points, 35 points, 38 points, 31 points. The last four weeks, they have scored 16, 28, 23, and 12. And the reason that's important is when the Seahawks score a lot of points, then the other team has to throw the ball more and try to score more quickly, which means the Seahawks defense, in fantasy perspective, loses points. So if the Seahawks offense is not putting up as many points, then you don't have opposing teams like trying to catch up like crazy, and I think that's going to help a lot. I'm low on the Titans versus the Jaguars. Two for two. Yeah. And I, I would like to reiterate back to last week. I chose the Titans against the Browns in my low defense, and I said, quote, I just have a feeling. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I was very right. My feeling, my tinglies <laughs> were very correct. I said, I just have a feeling Baker's going to have one of his amazing, just random amazing games. And he that's exactly what happened. So if you listen to me, you're welcome. Your Titan tingles, Peyton. I just, I just had a feeling. But this one against the Jaguars, don't be fooled. I said that earlier by Jacksonville's record. They're playing competitive games. Mm-hmm. And the Titans D is showing that they've got plenty of flaws. And like losing Clowney for the year was huge. That, that was a big hit to their defense and their team as a whole. So I would just be weary of the Titans the rest of the season going forward, really. Yeah, don't be fooled. They, the Titans, I, I think they were a, a decent defense when the – year started we expected a lot out of them and they went from being kind of good to yeah to like they're now a, a, a matchup that you should actively like target which is sad but the truth and then the other oh, this is crazy okay so i'm just going back from from this past week backwards negative five points against the browns this past week 10 points against the colts three against the ravens negative three against the colts 15 against Chicago, negative 2 against the Bengals, 7 against the Steelers, negative 4 against the Texans. Out of 12 games this year, 5 of those games have been 0 points or less, which is fucking bad. And uh, they played the Jags once this year already. It was week 2, and they put up 0 defensive fantasy points as well. So I, I definitely agree with you there. Let's go to your prop lock of the week. All right, check this out. All right, dogs, and that prop lock of the week sponsored by Thrive Fantasy. Make sure to check them out. We're always giving you that lock pick, that locked prop that you can throw in on that Sunday competition for ten grand. That's a lot of money. I'm getting my share. So I've got two for you here today. And the reason is the main one I want to choose is on the fence of if he plays or not. So I've got a backup for you as well. The the one I want to lock in is Christian McCaffrey over or under of half of a rushing touchdown. If you take the over, you're going to get 110 points added to your total to win some cash. So Christian McCaffrey, he is on the fence of playing it. He's in practice. It's limited, but that's a good sign for Christian McCaffrey. Just keep your eyes on the news. If he doesn't play, I I, I don't think he's going to get the rushing touchdown. I'm no expert, but I can tell you this. Christian McCaffrey has played football in three games this year. He has five rushing touchdowns, two, two, and one. He has scored in all of his games multiple touchdowns in two of them. So I think Christian McCaffrey getting on the field at all is almost a lock for a rushing touchdown. The man is hungry. He wants to play football. DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel are dealing with whatever they're dealing with on the COVID list, whether they got it or are close contacts. And that could mean that you have... 
a better path to Christian McCaffrey getting into the end zone yet again as well. So go ahead and lock in Christian McCaffrey as your prop lock of the week. Take the over on his half of a rushing touchdown and celebrate, dance along with McCaffrey as he's dancing in the end zone, assuming he plays, of course. If he doesn't play, Allen Robinson is our uh, our additional pick. And you can, of course, lock in both of these guys because you get to pick 10 out of the 20 options that are that are presented to you. Allen Robinson is in a similar boat. If you take the over on half of a receiving touchdown, you're going to earn 115 points. The Chicago Bears and Allen Robinson go up against one of the softest passing defenses, which is the Houston Texans. Allen Robinson didn't score most recently against the Lions. He did score twice against a much tougher defense against Green Bay two weeks ago. Uh, So he's he's been okay with the touchdowns, not getting them as much as you want. But I think in a matchup against the weak Texans defense, you can lock in a touchdown for Allen Robinson. So go ahead and lock in both Christian McCaffrey and Allen Robinson. If you're not familiar with Thrive, you get to pick two ice picks uh, in case of emergency picks after you make your original 10. So you're totally fine to lock in Christian McCaffrey. If he doesn't play one of your two ice picks, the first one will be used in its place. So good luck out there hunting all those prop locks. I hope you win some money, but not as much as me. All right, and now going forward, um, it's playoff time. It should be in a lot of leagues. And whether you're in the winner's bracket or the loser's bracket, you're going to need to win. You're going to need to win. Either way. <laughs> Your goal is to win. Um, so, a few tips. It, it should be treated a, a little differently than the regular season, I would say, because you, now you're not fighting to get anywhere. You're already there, and now you got to stay there, and you got to plan. I think look a week or two ahead just as much as you're looking into this week's lineup. Right. If, if, you, if you have guys on your team that you've just been holding on to just in case, it's not – you don't need that's it's not the time for that great this example is you should have, yeah you know i i was holding on to him for the longest time hoping he would emerge he hasn't he's still mine he scored this past week but you, you need to drop him to get a quarterback who has a good match at two weeks from now yes so i i don't know but yeah i grabbed two tips um and the first one is, is basically what you're describing look ahead at your matchups you can fit especially the positions that are like the tight end the quarterback and the defense where you start one of them look ahead Grab a guy a week before he plays. Don't, like, be in this bidding war to get the guy the week of. Just pick him up the week before. And I jotted some some names down for you that I'll run through really quickly as well at those three positions. Quarterbacks, guys that you could probably hopefully get off of waivers. Phillip Rivers, he plays the Raiders, Texans, and then the Steelers week 16 I don't like, but weeks 14 and 15 are great. Baker Mayfield plays the Ravens week 14, but then the Giants and the Jets. Uh, the Giants is not a great matchup, but the Jets, like, like Rivers and Mayfield will be a great Week 14-15, and then Mayfield in 16. Mm-hmm. Jared Goff, Patriots this week, then the Jets and the Seahawks. And the one I'm most excited about is Mitch Trubisky, Texans, Vikings, Jaguars. <laughs> he runs the ball a little bit, so he could be good. Uh, at tight end, Gronk's probably not available, but he's got a pretty good schedule. Vikings, Falcons, Lions. Jared Cook, assuming the, the near return of Drew Brees, which sounds like it's, it's coming up. Uh, he plays the Eagles, which is not great, but then the Chiefs, which is okay, and the Vikings, which is great. And this one I am most excited about is Cole Komet is somebody that is absolutely on your waiver wire and you need to pick him up. He, his schedule's great. It's the Texans, then the Vikings, then the Jaguars. But the best part of this is Jimmy Graham, the past few weeks, he's seen only 49% of snaps, 36% of snaps, uh, 58 before the bye. And Cole Komet is on the rise. He saw 70% of snaps before the bye and then 79 and 77 these past two weeks. So I think Cole Komet has actually kind of like 
taken over the starting role as a rookie, which is really impressive for the tight end position. He's obviously on your waivers if you're in a redraft league, and the schedule is super juicy. And then really quickly, the defenses I like, uh, the Browns play the Ravens, which is not actually that scary, and then the Giants and the Jets. The Panthers play the Broncos, Packers football team, so I don't like the Packers in the middle there. And then the Bills play the Steelers, the Broncos, and the Patriots. Patriots are playing really well, but their offense isn't, so the Bills' defense there would still be a solid matchup. Also, if if you have, like, a Derrick Henry, it's not the worst thing to handcuff McNichols at this point. Mm. Like, if if you got those players you're, like, just holding on to just because, McNichols would be a guy to replace them with because if Henry goes down, he's going to be getting so much more, and you would be screwed if you didn't have him. Because someone else is going to go grab him right away. 100%. So this is the time where you can start to handcuff a little bit and study your opponent's lineup and maybe even strategically play players that would like negate their quarterback. Right. So they've got Mahomes. I mean, I mean, if you have Hill, you're going to be starting Hill anyways. But this is a bad example. <laughs> but if they got Mahomes, you play Hill, guess what? You're getting probably more points for a receiving touchdown and you're getting rid of all of his... The Hill points. Or Brandon Cooks at this point, who's going to be getting a large majority of Watson stuff. Right. You play Cooks in against Watson, and that's going to just cancel out a lot of that stuff, which is huge. And that handcuffing, I would add, like, include your, your opponent's teams as well. I, I would rather have Tony Pollard right now on my team in case Zeke goes down, even though I don't have Zeke, than have Akers, like, from before. Check your lineup for each game or each set of games. Just, like, constantly check it because there might be that last minute someone's out, so you want to go pick up this better option off the waiver wire quick before the game start. It's something to watch really closely, and then just keep tuning into the latest news to really get what is going on, any last-second changes, anyone, even if they're not on your team, that you can go get the person who's going to be replacing them or stepping up in the depth chart. And I, I love what you just said there about, like, the like the right-before-the-game starts pickups. Like, if, if I'm going into Sunday and I have, like, Pittman on my team, but I'm not going to start him, Sunday morning, I'll drop him for Tony Pollard or somebody like that. And then if Zeke gets hurt, you got the guy, you know, you might as well, if you're not going to play him, you might as well get a guy who could be relevant after the day. One one last tip, which doesn't apply to everyone, but if your league has fab, if you're using the free agent acquisition budget, if you haven't already, make sure you hold on to, like, five bucks or something like that. It made me think of, of you, Kyle, this, this past week or the week before, you were playing the moderator, Jake Setsky, and he did not have a quarterback because Lamar Jackson was out. So you were picking up all the quarterbacks. <laughs> so if you have a few dollars in fab, if your league does that, don't zero out. You need money for the playoffs, even if it's like for the main reason of like, okay, I can just throw $1 bids on all these defenses so that my, my opponent has to play a really shitty defense that they have and they haven't you know thought ahead or something like that. I, I needed that win to get into playoffs, and so I did that. And now I'm in playoffs, and I'll, I'll try to do it against whoever I'm playing. I think Jake was forced into starting Trubisky. Right, <laughs> it was the be- it turned out to be the best option for him, but <laughs> still, <laughs> I-, I knew who he was going to be going for because he was going to be going for Mullins, so which is why I got Mullins right yeah. away. And RG three, I knew I-, I knew who he would go for because he would go for RG three because he had to bench Lamar Jackson because of the COVID. Right. So I targeted not who I thought should be started, but who I thought he was going to get, and I was right. He outbid me by tr- for Trubisky by one dollar, <laughs> <laughs> but I got all the other quarterbacks. <laughs> I love it. So uh, best of luck in your playoffs, everyone. All right, let's go to Bruce Close. All right. I start, don't I? Yes, it's your house. Okay. Clue number one. The running back eight on the year so far in half-point scoring. This player has seen... Half-point PPR? Yes, yeah. Okay. So running back eight on the year in a half-point PPR league. This player has seen at least 10 rushing attempts in every single game this year. 
but they have only topped 100 rushing yards once. So they're the RB8 and half point uh, scoring, 10 carries every single game, which I guess implies they haven't missed a game, and uh, only one game of 100 rushing yards a month. Top 100 rush yards once, RB8 on the air, and halfway PR, at least 10 rush attempts in every game. Oh, let me look at those teams. I have a pretty good guess already. Um, It's not that guy. It's not that guy. It's not that guy either. It's not that guy. It's not you that were guy. wrong. The third, it was the third that guy. Um, I'm going to go with my first guess, and I'm going to say Todd Gurley. It is not Todd Gurley. Because he's very touchdown dependent. Right. And that's why he would be, not be – I think he got 100 yards at least once. I'm, I'm curious about that because that, that, that could fit. He's only got one game of 100 rushing yards or more. He did miss a game. He missed week 12. Or he did Wait, did you say – oh, at least it was rush attempts in every game. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's he missed a game. Ten, oh, yeah. He missed his past week. Duh. And actually, Todd Gurley – he played this week. He didn't. He missed last week. But he's had a few games. Most recently, he got eight carries and then he missed – Week 12 and then 8 carries in week 11. All right, anyways. What's he on the year? He is the RB 13 in standard and 17 in PPR. So not quite an oh. 8, but he's around there. Oh, he's less in PPR, but he's a receiving back. No, right? he's not, exactly. everyone. I don't know why everyone thinks he is. He was on the Rams. <laughs> kind of. All right, uh, second clue. Holy Toledo, this player can do more than run the ball. Uh, they're a dual threat at the running back position, well, scoring, I, I as, <laughs> scoring as many rushing touchdowns this year as they have receiving touchdowns for a total of 8 touchdowns. And while he has a number of receiving touchdowns that you probably just did the math for, he only has 175 receiving yards on the year. So okay, then it's not who I think it is. So, um, Never dual threat again. at running back. They've scored an equal amount of rushing and receiving touchdowns, which totals to eight, and 175 receiving yards on the year so far. Oh, holy Toledo. Is that a clue? <laughs> it is a clue, yeah, actually. I don't know where Toledo is. <laughs> Where's Toledo? <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I genuinely don't know where Toledo is. I'll look it up, but I'm not going to tell you though. So, it's so number eight on the year. I feel like I'm just like can't remember people's names, and it's going to be that person. Who the hell's the RB eight on the year? I don't even know the first seven. I know most of the first seven. This will probably help maybe, but I was surprised that they're the RB eight. I would have expected them to be lower. Bonus hint. I'm trying to think of who's missed games, too. Because this one hasn't, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but that'll be, I guess. I don't know. I'll just throw one out there. And I... Oh, crap. I didn't write down who I was going to guess. But, oh, shit. <laughs> Did you uh, I was going to say Singletary. It is not Devin Singletary. It's a decent guess. He's, I assume he's he's lower than eight. Um, 39 in standard. 36 in PPR. Uh, the last clue, obviously, the division is the AFC North. Uh, so for those of you listening, that would be the Ravens, Browns, Steelers, and Bengals. I was going to say... I was going to say him, but... Is it Hunt? It is Kareem Hunt. I was going to say Hunt, but I <laughs> didn't think he was the eight. Holy crap. That's nuts, because he's been bad the last few weeks. Yeah. I used my logo. I, I was talking about it, which I thought might throw you off, but... Uh, yeah, he's the number eight on the year. That came from the first half of the year easily. A lot of that without Nick Chubb. So, yeah, he's I, – I bring it up not like – I don't think he's somebody you should, you know, be jonesed about. I, I He's my low guy of the week. Toledo – University of Toledo was his college, which is located in Ohio. Uh, so that was kind of fun. I would never guess that's where Toledo is. <laughs> would not have been. All right. Leads his team in rush yards and rush touchdowns. 
This guy is keeping the playoff hopes alive for his team with few co-stars. Okay, so he's uh, the team leader in yards and touchdowns rushing, and uh, they're in the hunt for the playoffs with few co-stars. I, okay, I'll just throw one out right away. Wayne Gallman. No, but that's that's a decent guess, Wayne Gallman, because he's obviously filling in for Barkley. They're in the playoff hunt, and there's not too many other pieces on that team. Yeah, and he's definitely got to be leading. Whatever happened to Dante Freeman? He, I think he's on the COVID or IR list now, but he just Wayne Gallman's been he's better. He's kind of disappeared. Yeah. Um, uh, this running back is third in the league in rushing touchdowns. Not on pace for a thousand yard season through twelve games, but it's definitely not out of the question that he continues to pick things up. Okay, so he's third in the uh, league in rushing touchdowns. He's not on pace for a thousand rushing yards, but it sounds like he's been improving as of late. Yeah, and I got to remember those those initial clues as well. So the team that's on the playoff bubble, I think I can rule out the AFC North. Third on rushing touchdowns, that should help. I feel like as well. I have another guess that I don't love. I feel like his yardage isn't close enough to be close to potentially getting a thousand. I have another guess that I don't love. I'm gonna go with. I I don't love it, but I'm. <laughs> you already hit the no button. I'm gonna go with Gibson, Antonio Gibson. Yes. Oh. Uh, he's actually out in. Uh, he's out of the game tonight. He got hurt. Right oh away. no! So it stands true. He's third in rushing touchdowns. Uh, he doesn't move up. <laughs> that was my most nerve-wracking part. Is like I, I didn't know if he was that high. In, I knew he had three on Thanksgiving, so that definitely helps. But I, I didn't know. If yeah, he was. He, well, I mean, it's, his average is going down after tonight's game. But he sure. he was on pace for like nine hundred thirty or something like that. But now it's going to go down. But it's it's like. You need like 60, 70 yards a game. He's, he could easily get it. Yeah, still. for sure. So the injury doesn't seem terrible, so we'll see how that goes too. He's the only running back in town too. Like McKissick is, has been, I think he's been softer lately, but he's more of a receiving back. That's it. Final notes? I don't really have any final notes. Let's I look I, at these, these matchups. We got Thursday night, Patriots, Rams, noon games. How many a, we got? That'll be, if you like defensive football, watch the Patriots, Rams. We got seven noon games. So we are going to turn off the Cowboys Bengals. Oh yeah, probably because if not that, it'd be maybe Cardinals Giants, maybe Broncos Panthers. Panthers. I was thinking definitely watching Texans Bears, definitely watching Chiefs Dolphins, Titans Jags, Vikings Bucks. Yeah, that's probably that's probably okay. I want to I get Higgins and uh, Zeke in that matchup. Presumably in the playoffs, I'm I'm on the. Oh, you know why don't we do that for final notes? Uh, how are you in your we have our two main leagues, my dynasty league and your redraft yeah. league. How are you doing? We were talking about you know playoff tips. How are you doing in those two spots in those two leagues? In my league, I am going to get my second win of the year. Thank you very much. Woo! Um, they, they know you've been playing. But I have a team okay enough to win a game in the losers bracket. And that's all I care about. I I gave up after like week four <laughs> with how my team looked. I was I've not that I've like just been everyone's by. I've been putting the other lineups right. Um, and I think I'm the person I beat this week. I knocked him out of playoffs. Nice. It's so. fun to play upset. And if you guys, I think we mentioned it, I'm sure before, but, but in Kyle's league, the person who finishes last from the loser's bracket is the beer bitch for a, a calendar year. So you're avoiding that. Yeah. So I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm in the loser's bracket there. Top seed. And then you snuck <laughs> your way into, or not snuck your way in, but you maintained your playoff spot in my 
Dynasty League. I yeah, I did. Um, I had a rough middle of the season because I was dealing with injuries, but I've got my team back besides Cortland Sutton. Eckler, David Johnson. David Johnson's huge. back. Eckler's back. Tim Patrick's been stepping it up huge. I like him a lot. Swift is starting to get action. I mean, I know he's out, but if it's like an illness concussion, he'll be normal. It's not going to be holding him back yeah. if he wants, if and when he plays. Uh, my, I'm confident. I got Booker too, so I can even throw him in my flex next week. He got a lot of carries. Didn't do a lot of yards, but the best part of the Jets is their defensive line. So mm-hmm. I don't blame him for that. But I'm actually pretty pretty confident going into playoffs with this team that I have. Solid. Uh, for me, in your league, I, I still don't know. I haven't ran the numbers. I If we look at the playoff bracket right now, I'm in the playoffs, but we have games going on right now and one tomorrow, which might uh, knock me out. It's like our division, my division in Kyle's league of six teams, we, we all have, we're all in four or seven and five except for one team. So there's, there's five of us vying for three spots and it's all going to come down to the head-to-head record afterwards, which is on the fence for me. So we'll see if I make it. I, I haven't ran the numbers. Depends what happens tomorrow. In in my league, I think I have locked up the number one seed to get the bye week. Also the reigning champ. So that that's exciting. We'll see what happens. Those... Yeah, I had the bye week last year. It doesn't do you any good if your team shits the bed the week <laughs> <Yeah>. after. <laughs> it does, you know, we, we talked about this. I think our main, I think we can agree our main tip for the playoffs was like look a week ahead. And in Dynasty, you can't really, there's not like, it's not like you can pick up Phillip Rivers off of waivers. He's on a team. But if you have the bye week, that really, really helps because you can plan ahead. You're, you're not playing a week. You, you can plan ahead very easily. So that's that's nice to look for. Looks like uh, that Ravens-Browns game is the Monday night matchup. That'll be exciting. Steelers-Bills on Sunday night. That sounds like a, a decent gonna, game to watch. In order to make playoffs in my league, it looks like you're going to need a hell of a game from Josh Allen. So if I, is it where if I lose, I'm out? Do, do you know for sure? Or I, I, I'm going to lose we'll this week. See. It's going to sure. come down to a lot of tiebreakers in my league. Yeah. That I'm just going to let the computer figure out. Because like Natalie, I think, is going to lose my wife. So we'll have the same record. But she's 2-0 against me this year. So that's not good. I think against Jake Sethke, I think I'm one or no, so that might be what gets me in. But yeah, I don't know. We'll we'll see. I literally don't know, and it's Monday night. <laughs> we'll find out. Patriots six and six. Titans figure your shit out. Bye. I got pee. Deuces. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Fantasy Brewers Podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Fantasy Brewers Pod. You can also follow us to download our episodes every week on any of your favorite podcasting services like Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Thanks again for listening. Have a beer for us on Sunday.